0: On a chilly fall Thursday morning in 1964, I stood beneath the green awning at the entrance to an elegant pre-war apartment house, at the corner of 5th Avenue and 85th Street. Central Park was right across the street, trees ablaze in full autumn glory, and I could see the grand steps of the Metropolitan Museum of Art just down the block. After almost a year in New York, I was starting to become familiar with the city's landmarks, but the sense of awe that I was actually living here now was as fresh as it had been the day I stepped off the plane that had carried me from Ireland to John F. Kennedy International Airport. No one back home would ever believe that an uneducated immigrant farm girl was now moments away from meeting one of the most sophisticated, and admired women in the world. I felt like a peasant about to have a private audience with the Queen. What would Jacqueline Kennedy make of me? Pure Irish luck had landed me this interview, and all I could do now was pray that it would carry me through. I swiped my clammy palms across my cheap tatty coat, and caught sight of the clunky black shoes I instantly wished I hadn't worn. Not that I had so many others to choose from in my sparse wardrobe. I patted my head to make sure no stray hairs had escaped from the bobby-pinned bun that I thought might make me look more grown-up and professional than my age and resume disclosed. I felt dowdy as a park pigeon. "'as all the smart young secretaries and career girls "'hurried by on the sidewalk in their pencil skirts and heels. "'Christ Almighty!' I scolded myself. "'Were you thinking the Kennedys would be hiring a milkmaid now?' "'I faked a brave smile for the secret service agent who greeted me "'and ushered me to the elevator. "'He was the one I really had to thank for this golden opportunity.' My cousin Jack Maloney was a New York City policeman who had been assigned to do crowd control outside Mrs. Kennedy's building and he'd become pals with this particular agent, a Boston-born-and-bred Irishman in his sixties by the name of John James O'Leary, who preferred to be called Mugsy. Mugsy tipped off Jack that Mrs. Kennedy was looking for a nice Irish girl to fill a position as a live-in domestic on her staff. Here you are, Muggsy said now as the doors parted at the fifteenth floor and I stepped out. Good luck. He pushed the down button and disappeared before my legs could heed the urgent message my brain was sending to turn and run. What are you thinking? You don't belong here. I found myself inside a small fire. The door leading to the apartment's grander main entryway opened and an older woman in a black uniform greeted me in a soft Irish brogue. The familiar lilt did nothing to calm my nerves, though. On the contrary, I instantly took note that her accent was nowhere near as thick as my own. Nearly a year in New York had done nothing to change it. It was like a porridge that refused to thin no matter how much milk you poured into it. I was constantly being asked to repeat myself in America. What if Mrs. Kennedy couldn't understand a word I said? The housekeeper led me down a hallway, past a large mirror hanging on the wall in a beautiful tortoise shell frame. I stole an anxious glance at my reflection. I looked every bit as awkward as I felt. My dark brown hair fell nearly to my waist when it was down, but it was too straight and fine to make a good bun. I had a knack for styling hair, but today's effort, to my disappointment, tilted more toward Biddy than Ballerina. I could say the same about my figure. I'd been athletic and nicely toned when I'd left Ireland, to be sure. But the loneliness and sheer misery of my first job in America, the one I was now trying to escape, had sent me on a junk food binge that pushed my weight up to nearly 180 pounds on my 5 foot 7 inch frame. I averted my blank.